right, my talkers, happy hump day, January 3rd. We are hanging out with Lori and... Great show ahead today. What should we look forward to today, guys? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, Brittany and I just want to get right into, (sighs) of course, the most epic maybe (laughs) season finale we've ever seen on a Real Housewives show. We just feel like we have to start there. Um, It was a a Greek tragedy. (laughs) It was. It had everything. And if you don't know what we're talking about... Spoiler alert. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City had their finale. Uh, the, it, it There was a build-up. I actually thought it was going to be one thing, and it was completely another, and I did not see... I love being surprised because it's rare in reality TV because True. by the time it's aired, you usually know all the deets. I did not see this coming. We did not see any of this coming. And so if you don't want to know what happens... Um, you know, maybe don't listen right now, but come back in, in a yeah. few minutes. But uh, we do, it, it It was maybe the most amazing seven minutes, the last seven minutes of the show that we've seen on a finale of a Real Housewives show. And, of course, Twitter and TikTok were doing their thing, and the funniest stuff was out there. I don't know if we want to... I mean, set up the scene for the finale. I think we have to. Okay. okay. So, um, as you know, Monica has... Uh, First-time jo- housewife. First-time First housewife. She joined this year. She was Jen Shaw's assistant. She's kind of known for spilling the little details here and there. She always seems to have the dirt the whole season. And we always, I kind of thought it was from just being close to Jen Shaw. Yeah, that she knew all this stuff about Jen Shaw, that she tipped off the FBI. Yeah. And, and, and always had the little details on everybody in the group. Well, uh, during this last day, Heather, Heather Gay, who wrote the Bad Mormon book, comes out and says, I have discovered that Monica isn't who we think she is. She also runs a, like a... We have the audio. Okay, okay. We have to, that. But yeah. yeah, she's... It, reality... Um, Give us the name again. Oh, my God. It's Reality Vaughn... Tease. Tease. Reality Vaughn Tease, which is like a site that's constantly spilling tea about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. They said she runs this account. And she, I mean, they blow it up in her face. I mean, they literally, it was done so well. Like, Heather has played the game well. She gathered everybody first, besides Monica, showed them all the receipts. This is what I know. Here are the facts. She also has a huge debt at Laser Lab. Um... Well, is he, that Heather's place? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, made this big, like, this, and they all were shocked. I mean, at one point, Meredith was crying, and then, of course, in Lisa fashion, I'm shaking. Uh, oh, my God. Well, Lisa Barlow's tweet last night about mm. the snake in the grass, Monica, she writes, when you dream of being Blair Waldorf and Serena, but you just have Cheeto-stained fingers and a keyboard. Because that's Whoa. that's what she, I mean, Monica related herself to was Gossip Girl. Gossip goes, Girl and Reality Vontees, of course, it's a play on word of Dita Vontees, but also Reality Winner, yeah, which was the name of the woman who went to prison for 
I don't know if she sold army secrets or whatever. So that's why I was thinking, okay, so she's like playing yes. off of the reality winner thing. And so all this is exposed. And once it's exposed, it's, I mean, Monica can't even, she's trying to still hold on to a little bit. She's like, it's not just me that runs it. I mean, the things that come out, it's never this satisfying, right? Especially when people have burner accounts. A lot of people, a lot of Real Housewives have Finstas and attack people with fake Instagrams. Mm-hmm. But they never get fully caught. We've only catched one. Who have we caught? We caught uh, um, Angie, the other Angie's husband. Remember? Oh, he, he had, had the same. Yes. He had the same uh, recovery email as his own. And it showed up when he would do his recovery email. So he had to come out and say, yeah, I have a Finsta. But rarely anyone gets caught. Because if you're smart, you have another email address. You, you just never get Is traced how you back. Do it? I would maybe. <laughs> well, I, I, I've been. There's a reality Von Tees here just spilling all the deets about my talkers. Um, so, I uh, not only does this happen, right? And this is worth like total great ending. At- because reality Von Tees, this this Instagram Twitter account that yeah. was called that. Um, for the most part, from what I could see, but I didn't go back, you know, several, a couple of years. But for the most part, I could all it was was just obsessively sh- showing receipts about Jen Shaw and legal documents yeah. and all. But there were things said about some of the other housewives. Yeah. And Monica did not deny she is reality Von Teese. And Lady Whistledown today was posting photos right and left on her socials embracing her villainous role um, because I think she's a one and done housewife. Yes. And now she knows that, like, I can tell that she knows where she's a good pivoter. She's the type um, cockroach esque that knows when to pivot to something else. And now she's grabbing onto this because they're not going to have her on. I, it would be, it would be crazy because nobody wants to film with her to have her on. But at yeah. the same time, it's been done before. I mean, Danielle Straub was, I don't know how long on New Jersey and everybody hated yeah. her. Yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, I mean, she owned everyone at the table. They were so shocked. I know. At the news. And she's definitely, I think, can go down with the t- crown of the most impactful one season housewife. She carried this season. Absolutely. But there was something said. Mm-hmm. Can I say it? I'm dying. It okay. was, I have been, so, um, was it two seasons ago or was it last season? Heather Gay got a black eye and we never last know. Season. Last season. Yeah, I guess because that's Jen Shaw's last season. Yeah. Um, and we never knew how she got it. And she even so much so went on this tour, this book tour where people would ask about her and her narrative was, and, and I actually I don't remember. Was I don't remember. And then she also goes, you know what, Andy, I'm actually scared of how much I'm drinking and what could have happened to me because I don't, re-. she went on a whole diatribe about how scary it is to black out and not know where you are and not know why you got it. And she admitted at that dinner that night that Monica is very much so je- like Jen Shaw and Jen Shaw is the worst of the worst and manipulated her so much so that she lied about Jen Shaw giving her that black, black eye. Yeah. I never thought we were going to find that out. I always thought I was like, if she's willing to admit that she's actually scared of her drinking, like exposing that kind of vulnerability yeah. about something. I thought for sure that's what happened. Yeah. There was no I had no doubts at that point that it wasn't i mean that it was jen shaw i would not, i did not think so when she admitted that jen shaw is the one that gave her her black eye mm-hmm. i like my jaw was on the floor yeah 
she Heather didn't need to do that. Because at this point, we're kind of over the black guy. We were well, like, we'll just never find out. about it. Jen's yeah. in prison. But Jen Shaw spoke up. Apparently, when you go to a white collar type of a prison, you do still have um, computer in- privileges. Yeah. because She wrote on her Instagram. Yeah, she did. Jen Shaw. She wrote, bravo, all in caps. If I punched Heather in the eye, you guys would have footage to prove it. It's clear the show can't live without me since I was brought up at the beginning middle and end of season four and she was andy is still but hurt that i turned down his one-on-one interview why would i why would you sit down with someone who quote unquote gave another cast member a black eye next story that's pretty good clap back from jen shaw it's pretty good clap back from jail yeah from Uh, jail yeah that's what i mean (laughs) i just i mean it happened there's no doubt in my mind now i mean there's no reason at this point heather would bring that up that would absolutely be the most insane if that ends up being not true i mean that person then then heather is a serial killer because who would who would bring that up? i don't believe jen shaw anyway this is a woman who spent 10 years conning elderly people out of money so I don't believe Jen's denial, but I did have to laugh. I was like, "Woo!" She raced to the prison. She did. She even did like a cute little Jen Shaw emoji with a kiss. And I was like, and then a part of me is like, I mean, she's always been the villain in my mind. It's why I'm weirdly obsessed with her. I even have a list of like villains for the randoms of like that. I find that are like my favorite people. She's a villain, and I. It's also. That's something you can she can lean into because she might as well. Well, this is what Monica Garcia. I was like, who's Monica Garcia trending all day today? You yeah. know, and I'd forgotten. Oh yeah, that's our Salt Lake City house. That's our lady. Or well, we might have uh, a play a little bit of the audio. The <laughs> we're not going to play the whole seven minutes, of course, but it was pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, this is Lori and Brittany. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's uh, Lori here for Learning Our Acts. And, you know, I was reading a new interview that came out in The Hollywood Reporter with Brad Falchuk, and his partner is um, Ryan Murphy from Glee. And in it, he talked about how he was severely dyslexic. And um, he said, I didn't know I was dyslexic. I just thought I was dumb. That has always stayed with me. And when... I was going to be a freshman in college. My dad was like, let's just have some tests. Now, Brad Felchuk is probably like 50, so this just wasn't something that was, you know, people even was diagnosed or talked about. But he did take a cognitive skills assessment test and found out he was severely dyslexic. And he told The Hollywood Reporter it was just like this aha moment for him. I am not this dumb guy. And here he is, a writer, producer. So... 952-949-6900, learning our acts, let me help you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are talking about uh, the finale, season finale of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. One of the funny social... Uh, comments that I uh, read was uh, maybe Monica and Jen Shaw are the ones who scammed Andy Cohen because last <laughs> right? week he talked about how he got scammed mm-hmm. on a lost credit card. Yes. And I just thought, oh boy. But um, anyway, uh, I, I, it's definitely was, uh, you know, Monica Garcia being the lady whistle down gossip girl getting exposed for having the uh, Insta account, Finsta account, uh, Reality Von Tease by Heather Gay last night as a season for a finale. And then the the black eye, we just didn't see this coming. And no. all happening in Bermuda on Monica's uh, birthday. And Andy Cohen, I was listening to him this morning and somebody called in and said, will Monica be back? And it seemed to me that the audience... That was the the audience, whether wherever you were looking at it. There's some people that are like going, oh, yeah, a few raised eyebrows, but most people are just like, okay, Monica is the snake in the grass. She's not ever, she's not going to be ba- asked back no matter what. And what I under- is your thought? And I understand where people are coming from that say, like, we need her because honestly, without her, this season would have been boring. Mm-hmm. But. I I walk both sides because like I get that she did a lot. She did God's work this season. Um, but I do also believe like in a world where I don't love when the real house eyes like literally they all hate someone and they're forced to film. Mm-hmm. I don't love that because it's just like I like the fun moments too. Like the real yeah, housewives yeah. isn't just screaming matches. I also like when they get along and I feel like that would always just be a screaming match all the time. Yeah, always. so she's she's going to be done. Yeah, I think so. I think she could become kind of weave in and out of there, kind of like how Danielle did uh, in from New Jersey at the end. Like maybe someone will give her a plus one when they want to get back at somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But like for the most part, no, I don't see her having. Well, let's, let's play a little of the audio. This is where um, I believe it's Heather is calling the other four ladies, Lisa Barlow, Meredith Marks, and Whitney Rose. So it's the, be the other three ladies that she has discovered something. I, I think that's what this audio clip is. I know who you really are. Oh. And who you really are is... Four hours right was a clip. I mean, the editing on this was so good. They are gathering on the beach now. Okay, yeah. so she's called everybody down. Yes. Everybody's makeup was done for night. It was okay. quite harsh. Yeah. Just give me a minute. Wait till everyone's here. I have something really important I need to tell you. This is Heather. I talking. got your text. What's going on? Hey, thanks for meeting. Hey. Yeah, what's up? Are you okay? Let's wait for Meredith. Okay. Nice. Hi. Hi. 
thanks for coming. What is going on? Um, I'm nervous. You know, I'm shaking. Yeah, me too. I know, so am I. There's something I need to tell you guys. Okay. And it's big, and it's not good. What is it? You're going to cry. Oh you know, God. we've... Heather. You guys, we've come a long way as four. We have. And... Monica is not who she says she is. Okay. She's not our friend. Okay. She's someone that has schemed and worked to infiltrate our friend group. Okay. What's and the happening? name that you all know her as, the woman whose birthday we celebrated, who we have been trying to champion and support and defend. Is no, don't say end it now. Is reality von Tees. Okay. No. What? Oh. And they go crazy because this Finsta started three years ago. Yeah, years. And it was gossipy, I guess, about all the ladies. But then the last two years, Jencha, Jencha, and exposing and leading. Many people would say when she was Jencha's assistant that when Jen asked her to be like a co-signee on something that that's when she called the FBI or something. But that account, reality event. But the women, I mean, I did feel like the other women did not know that, that Heather did save that oh, news. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I mean, and there's a whole lot of talk about when, like, who held back, who actually solidified, knew, knew and whatever, because it is pretty amazing that it happened on the last day of their trip. Do you think the producers knew? Yeah. Yeah, all along? Yeah. When they hired her? Yeah. Okay. It's not, I don't think it's that hard to hide. I mean, I don't think it's hard to push out. Maybe. Okay. Because it's not hard to hide a Finsta account. Like, it's not that hard. But at the same time, I wonder if Monica straight up told them. Because there's a lot of questions. Who was the hairdresser? I I, thought. I know, but I wonder if um, the producers all knew because they knew it would be interesting because there's a lot of like, Things that Monica was that was very unlike any Real Housewife we've had in a long time. So I'll- just the fact that her infidelity was with her brother-in-law. I know her, her husband's brother while he was married. I was just like, wow, they're no. they're they're really wasn't that who she? I was think it was her husband's. Her- Husband's sister's, sister's husband. husband. Okay. So, you know, it's not that big of a deal, Lori. Same. Everybody deals with that. Yeah. Yeah. And she had absolutely no money and uh, the relationship with her mom. And I thought, okay, well, that's why they maybe they That's what her. I thought it was yeah. first. Once I thought saw the relationship with the mom. But maybe there's a part of them that she told this right at the beginning. And they knew that this was going to be the finale. But Heather dropping the bomb about getting the black eye. You guys, I am so excited for the reunion. I want to hear how, why, what, where, everything how about that. How epic is this going to be? And I hope those ladies do not do a lot of pearl clutching about the reality of Auntie's Insta. I get the fact that they would be mad about that she misrepresented who she was. And she didn't handle it well last they night. They all do it. They, they all, all do it. it. And yeah. that's what's funny is like... It's kind of like Monica got stuck with her hand in the cookie, but they've all done it. Yeah, and Jen Chad did need to be exposed. She was a bad woman. Absolutely. And, and the thing, I couldn't, I can't believe how many times a day my mom gets called uh, by people who want to scam her. 
That's insane. They fight, you know. It's so sad. My mom too. It's she constantly checks in with me about once every other week to be like, "Hey, what is this?" It's a, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is, and that's what Jen did anyway. It, but Monica is embracing her villain She's status, leaning into it, and as you should. Oh my word! Anyway, we've got a great author coming up next. The Lost Van Gogh, Jonathan Sandloffer, is joining us, and Grant will give us the traffic report. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Lori here for Minneapolis Plastic Surgery. And one of the things that I've uh, found and that I had decided I'd been thinking about a facelift, honestly, for like three years. And, you know, it's like, uh, and I thought about it and I was all worried. And then I thought and then I was like, I'm going to go see Dr. Jarvis. He was the first doctor that gave Julie and I Botox and he did our eyelids like uh you know in 2004 and so i went in and and saw him and since i have been out loud about it it has been amazing kind of the number of people that have emailed me or people that i've known that just were like you know having specific questions but more than anything just saying I'm so glad that you didn't just say it was Pilates and green tea and eight hours of sleep and just being honest. So if you ever do need to email me, honestly, I will respond to you because I'm thrilled with my results. Minneapolis Plastic Surgery, three great doctors. Hey, everybody. All right. It is our first book club of the year. It is an absolutely fantastic novel. Jonathan Santloffer is with us. You may have read his book, The Last Mona Lisa. This is our first book of yours that we've read, The Lost Van Gogh, and we could not put it down. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. I like to hear. Jonathan, yeah, you know, I we are fans of... Um, thrillers and you know historical fiction and really love when someone can you know tell a story that you can't put down and this book the last van gogh well you'll have to give people the setup of it before i say anything else so let's start with that Uh, okay i was about to say you know what I'm just going to not say a word. Yeah. You keep talking because you're doing, you're doing a better job. Um, I guess, you know, what I, I started with the idea that people kind of dream about, you know, buying a thrift store painting that turns out to be something amazing, uh, which is what happens to my protagonist, mm-hmm. Luke and Alex. But of course, it, you know, it comes with consequences, unforeseen consequences. And um, I guess I don't give anything away if I say that this, painting uh, because you learn this uh, right away very very soon Mm -hmm. but the painting that they they find um is a legendary lost van gogh possibly his last self-portrait um which happened to you know it came to me because there is a letter written by van gogh's friend an artist friend who was at his funeral and he talks about all of the paintings Van Gogh had done, you know, Van Gogh, he was 37. Mm-hmm. They laid, he had, uh, his brother laid him out in the, in the restaurant where he lived, the restaurant. Can you believe that? On the, on this table, but they surrounded the walls with all the paintings he had made. He lived in this town, Auvers-sur-Ouise, France for 70 days, and he made 75 paintings. Mm. So more than a painting a day, but, this letter from a friend mentions a self-portrait that nobody has ever seen again. And so I thought, huh, what if I try and figure out 
what could have happened to that painting. So, you know, I trace the possible route of this painting from the end of the war uh, until that story connects with the present story as they search for the painting. Uh, John, they found, yeah. You, so, go, go ahead, finish that thought. No, I was just going to say, you know, it's a painting they find <laughs> when they realize it's possibly something very valuable before they even get validation the painting is stolen from them it's unbelievable i mean it's unbelievable and jonathan it's like you're the literary love child of kate quinn and dan brown if they oh how did you how did you know (laughs) i don't know how i knew that yeah, they're my parents. They're yeah, my parents. it's okay. It's yeah, okay. you can, you can, you can out me. It's yeah, because <laughs> one of the things that we, as fans of, you know, particularly, you know, Kate Quinn, and I think of, you know, I'm tr- uh, her book about the sisters, the resistance, the Nightingale. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, there. I always think, are there more stories to be told that happened in World War Two with you know, can, can we find out even more horrible things that the Nazis did mm, and their way of yeah. belief and what they what they've done? And in this book, you know, there's a line: "Stolen art is stolen lives." And you have yeah, really, yeah. I've never read a book that showed in a, a, yet another way the horror of how the Nazis the way they treated uh, Jewish people and other people that they deemed less than what, what the, it allowed yeah. people to do is just astonishing still. Well, you, you know, Lori, one of the things that's kind of amazing and which I discovered in my research, I didn't really know is that the Nazis went into countries, for example, they went into France and they had a list of all the biggest art collectors. Mm. And they went after, they targeted those people because Hitler was creating a museum. He already had a scale model in his hometown in Austria, and it was going to be filled with all the art they had stolen all over Europe. And, you know, they ended up stealing like 25% of the art in Europe. It's just staggering. But they would go into a country targeting certain families and art collectors whom they ultimately, if they didn't escape, they murdered. Yes. Their artworks. It's just, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was really, and then, you know, the way you're telling the story and, and, you know, I knew on the periphery, probably like I remember seeing a 60 Minutes once about the forgery that went on in the art world and how some of the biggest museums in the world have forged art and then now i find out you know stolen art art that is uh, looted but yet there are interpol there's like uh, crime fight you know the crime fighting yeah, police yeah. organizations still trying to make things right yeah you know it's a really big question and a big problem for museums and you know sometimes as i think one of my characters says in the book that he worries the museums are going to end up empty because, you know, they often were taking work from a country, from a place without realizing it was either stolen or looted, you know, during the war. Mm -hmm. And now they're stuck with that moral quandary. What do we do with this? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, so it's a big, it's certainly a big issue for museums. And um, I just thought, you know, how, as you had said before, 
how to find a new take on a painting on something we think we know. Yeah. And, and you know, I read this thing, you know, these, you know how we're like in our lives and you all the time, I'm sure for your show are doing research and reading things. So I read this little piece. It was about the French resistance and in it, they mentioned that they would recruit artists, the French resistance in Paris mm-hmm. and get them to paint on top of famous paintings. So the Nazis wouldn't take them. Wow. And I thought, Oh, yeah. Wow. That's where you got the idea. Yeah. And that's how the book starts. Yeah. We don't know what the painting is, but, you know, this man, it's 1945, is painting over a painting. And um, I just thought, oh, this is just like, you know, the perfect beginning. Yeah. um, And then to combine it, you know, with this other, with my love for Van Gogh and and this, this painting that, may or may not have existed that disappeared and, you know, try and weave it together. Um, so it was, um, I was about to say it was not that easy, but you know, I, I always want my books to feel oh. like I didn't work, like I didn't work hard at all. Like I, I'm, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I want that on the page. I no. remember, I'm sorry. I'm kind go of, ahead. Know, speak. No, no, no I, I go ahead. I once brought my mother to this art gallery and, and she said, you know, and I liked the paintings and she said, they look too easy. And I said, mom, <laughs> when you, when you, when you go to the ballet, do you want to see, do you want to see the ballerinas sweat? No, you want them there. If they're beautiful, you want it to look beautiful. You don't, you don't, you know, so I feel like for me, when I'm writing a book, no matter how much struggle I've had, I don't want that on the page. I just want my readers zooming through the book, you know, and, and not uh, not thinking about me or, you know, how I structured it or any of those things. Yeah, so. well, we also like, um, you know, Grant and Brittany and I, Julia isn't here today, but we also, we do like also, you know, our... Our thrillers, we do not mind exploring the shady corridors mm. of the underground, whether it's the art world, whatever it is, you know. So, like, I could see the Lost Van Gogh would be like an absolutely amazing 10 part series on Netflix or something or Apple or whoever mm-hmm. will give you the most money, Jonathan. Well, from your lips, did you call my agent? Please? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've had, we've had inquiries. We have. So because, we'll see. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, you've done all the work. Well, yeah, I hope so. You know, it's, it's so funny because yesterday the book, it was absolutely just yesterday was the release date. Oh, it was a happy and book birthday. Thank you. Thank you. My daughter insisted, she said, you never celebrate anything. So she took me out and we had champagne and it was really wonderful and sweet, but you know, you know, you forget then all of the work part mm-hmm. and then you're into this other whole mode with the book. But, you know, I'm glad I'm happier to talk about the book. I mean, the process of the book and the ideas of the book, because they're much more they're fun to me. You know how it happened, what yeah. it came and, you know, all of that. Yeah. And so, I, I had never heard the term degenerate art, you know, the whole uh, Interpol, yeah. you know, the art crime. I mean, it just was such a thrilling ride and then you've got the modern day and we're going we're in new york and then we're in amsterdam and then you know i've been to the village of arles where van gogh you know uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you know and the cat you, you so but even if you haven't you're you're so vivid of a storyteller you feel like 
you can see it all in your mind. And so to me, when I say you've done the work, I feel like I can, we visualize your story and then your words, the way you put it together. I, we're just huge fans. We love this book. I love, I love that. Thank you so much. You know, uh, I, what I tend to do is when I, I, my best part of writing these books is that I go somewhere to do, you know, to do the research. Like you said, I go to France and I go to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what the first thing I do is I walk around with a sketchbook and I do little drawings of things like the canals. And, and mm-hmm. because, it, you know, it sort of acclimates me, acquaints me with a place. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think I start to see it more clearly. Yes. Um, you know, and so I, I know with my last book, The Last Mona Lisa, that came out during the pandemic. And I got a lot of emails. And the first thing many people said, you know, was, hey, thank you for taking me to Florence mm-hmm. and Paris during the pandemic. And I was I luckily had done my research right before everything closed down. Um, but this book, you know, I, I, I had went to Amsterdam. I I actually met with a woman whose grandfather had owned Van Gogh's Dr. Gachet. Wow. And she's been trying to get it back. And she's been in the courts for like 20 years. Unbe- so, unbelievable. Yeah. Kind of astonishing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I want to read. We all want to read the last Mona Lisa now. And I also want to do the night po- portrait now that I know, Jonathan, that you're the literary love child of Kate Quinn and Dan Brown. <laughs> and uh, lost Von Van Gogh. I mean, it would just seriously be you've got the whole story and it could be a one and done type of situation for someone if they wanted to bring it to the small screen because you've taken mm-hmm. care of they they just need someone to script write it or screenwrite it or whatever you call right. it right right yeah yeah well i hope so i mean you know there was a lot of talk with the last mona lisa and you know a lot of those hollywood projects oh, we know just, you know they crumble and i don't I don't give my heart. Yeah, I get it. You know? Yeah. Were you happy with who read your book, The Lost Van Gogh, for people who are going to download this book? Yeah. You know, it's this this guy, Eduardo Ballerini. Ooh. And he read, isn't that a great name? Yeah. It's so good. He's he's an American, but Italian, Mm -hmm. and he's an actor. He was on Boardwalk Empire. Oh, yes. I've never met him, of course, but I've seen him. And he read The Last Mona Lisa, and people loved it. So I asked that they get him again. And I have not heard any of the new book. Oh, yeah, because that's out in like a month. Don't they let the book be out? No, no, it came out. It did. Yeah, they brought it out at the same time. Okay, good. So the audio book is out for people who'd rather listen to it, and uh, which is always great, you know, so people have choices. Um, I might try to listen, but, you know, it's very hard to listen to your own work. Oh, please. I've never (laughs) re-listened to a radio show of mine in my life, and I've been on 21 years. Yeah, never. Yeah, because then you start hearing your voice and the things you said. Second guess. Why did did I say that? Or, you know. Um, uh, Jonathan, can we keep your phone number and then when uh, we read, or at least I read The Last Mona Lisa, we can call and talk to you even though, you know, the book has been out. Yeah, it's been so fun to talk to you. Of course. I'd love you to call. All right, good. We'll talk. Well, listen, the book is The Last Van Gogh. Highly recommended. If you love a thriller... 
you love historical fiction, you just love a great book, here is your January book club, The Lost Van Gogh. Jonathan, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Happy New Year. You too. You too. All right. Listen, we'll be right back. Okay, first things first, Grant. Um, I don't think we have any copies of our book yet we haven't gotten them yet so when we do we'll just have to we'll do a shout out kind of yeah. like what you just gave didn't you just give away wild yeah it's, i did a little bit ago yeah were they yes. excited very much so so another uh happy winner and i believe yeah Kat, caitlin was the winner and she's happy yeah so yeah our author you know geez he's written a, a number of of books but it's the first time that i've ever read them but uh it, yeah art obviously is is like his kind of his theme, but really and truly like Lee Child, mm-hmm. Jack Reacher, he blurbs his books. He's a huge fan. And because the way the story is told with a very, it reminded me of like um, how we felt about watching Lupin. Yeah. Or, the back and forth, the timeline, the timeline, jumps. the timeline thing. And then I also love the setting of Amsterdam, Paris, yeah. New York, you know, all of that. Yeah. But yeah. It's so good. Anyway, he was, he was fun to talk to. And if you are looking for it, this would be uh, a real good book club pick because of all the different things you could talk about with him. And he does have, um, um, I don't know if he's got social media. I didn't really well, see that. But. Yeah, just look up the the Lost Van Gogh, and yeah. that was the book we were talking about. Yeah, yeah that's the one we, you're going to We haven't had an Interpol. Uh, maybe the Night Agent, that was Interpol. Yeah, the Night Agent. Yeah, I read that Interpol. one with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get it here and there, but a good story. But okay, so we have to just jump back to the Real Housewives. As, we, as one should. So not only, Brittany, uh, was the Real Housewives of season... Or uh, Salt Lake City finale last night is probably the most, dare I say, epic I, finale, or it's certainly in the top three. It's certainly top three, and it was a sneaky one because I thought we knew the facts coming out. I knew that Monica owed uh, Heather Munner, Heather, yeah, yeah, to uh, you know Laser Lab or whatever, yeah. And I thought that was the we whole shock. We knew purse had been stolen from Meredith's boutique. We knew about some of the petty BS. Yeah, but, but I didn't know. The, I didn't. This was surprising, shocking in the way that I had n- I'd not seen it. Yeah, coming. you've got a first-time housewife who is for three years had uh, a, a, a fake Instagram, her Finsta under the name Reality Vontis, and Monica is celebrating. Her villainry today. I mean, yes. this did make me laugh. She's leaning she into must it. Have, yeah, leaning into it. There's a very photoshopped. She looks like uh, Megan Child and Kim Kardashian had a baby. Yes. And it says, warming my hands on bridges live burned. You know, and yeah. it's just, she's doing all this stuff. But let's just re-listen to Heather who's been working up to this acting moment, maybe all her life. All her life. Stand up (laughs) and accuse Monica of being basically the snake in the grass. Deceits, proof, timeline, screenshots, f***ing everything to prove that you are a f***ing bully and a f***ing troll. And that's it. And that we could have timeline. And she's standing up in the Bermuda breeze is blowing and she just delivered. And then the, the reaction shots of each of the ladies uh 
It was something else. It was so gorgeous. The other day I was making a point and um, I wasn't talking to Justin, but Justin was next to me and I was like, and you know she did. Oh, oh and he's like, don't housewife me. He goes, did you, he goes, you're watching too much housewives. housewives you're yeah. watching too <laughs> much, much housewives. housewives. Yeah. And when she was hitting each point mm-hmm. and doing the clap, yeah, I was that here is, for it. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I mean, there's so much. The other housewives are like elbowing and trying to get in the picture because this but Salt Lake City thing is just now no. And you know what I love is that it is, dare I say it's more scandalous than the Scandaval thing because I do feel like it. it is more scandalous because... Paul McGuire, you know, Paul yeah. at the movies, mm-hmm. uh, a good friend of my talk, he messaged me and he said the same thing. He thought it was more salacious, more yes. interesting than Scandaval. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe, maybe, and yeah, I think there's something to that that it was, it was more shocking. Because on Vanderpump Rules, everybody has always been cheating on everybody. I, know. I mean, there's always been that. We haven't, we have not had the snake in the grass, the sheep in wolf's clothes. We have never had this not, really. Not fully caught. Not fully caught. And then the reveal of another secret. I mean, yeah. it was. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. I would. Have, I literally told my sister she's not allowed to talk to me until she watches this episode. Yeah, I was I like, know. I don't have anything else to talk to you about. That's right. I go, you watch this. Get back to and me. Get back I'm to sorry. me. Well, Tom Girardi was found. He's fit to stand trial. Uh, yeah. Aaron from New York, she and her husband are in a rent dispute, and poor, poor Terry Dubrow. Uh, right. Went to the wrong colorist, and his hair is now the color of a Tootsie Roll. It is box-colored all day. Hairy. It might as well just be box-colored. I'm sure he paid a lot more money to have that box-colored yeah. look. Anyway, that was just... There's Thank a, you for keeping us up to date.